As a teenager, I was a progressive liberal. I welcomed the new multicultural society and wanted to help others in need. But in adulthood, I turned out to be a reactionary. What went wrong? Well, mass immigration went wrong. Immigrants didn't come to my country for help. They helped themselves to my country. I've grown tired of standing by as waves of millions of uncultured immigrants crash into Europe's shores each year and for over half a century. The politics of our replacement has made debating all other politics obsolete. There's no point in discussing social justice when there's no place left to govern. Western Europe has gone to hell. In hundreds of cities across Western Europe, natives are rapidly becoming the last of the Europeans, a dying tribe. Regardless, a progressive movement wants us to believe we should go back to sleep and stop worrying about our future. We should keep our confidence in the rule of law, they say. Migration is good for us, and besides, thanks to immigrants, the economy has never been doing so well. Although I trust our rule of law, I'm not convinced Sharia law can be trusted. Blinded by economic expansionism, the European Union has allowed itself to be blackmailed into negotiations with countries like Turkey and Ukraine. Instead of protecting its citizens, the EU has become a danger to peace. With its politics of open doors, the EU has auctioned off the values of our shared civilization to the lowest common denominator, illiterate immigrants. In their haste to prove how much they condemn 20th century nationalism, European socialists have opened the doors to foreign fascists. Yet they act surprised when foreign-born terrorists blow up their children at public concerts. The newcomers don't assimilate. They've made living in our once tolerant societies practically intolerable. In countries like Italy, France, Germany or the Netherlands, thousands of immigrant Muslim men aged over 30 are living legally married to underage children, child brides, because our progressive laws demand us to ignore morality but still blame native citizens for their institutionalized racism. For fear of offending someone, we've chosen to close our eyes to crime rather than our borders to criminals. For decades, Europe's shrinking economies have forced retailers to close shop turning our once pleasant towns and villages into no-go zones and ghost towns. It won't be long before more people will be losing their jobs on a daily basis than the number of refugees pouring into our countries. Yet, supposedly, we need them to strengthen the economy. I wonder if those refugees who so ungratefully demand our help today will fight for our freedoms tomorrow, or will they, in case of trouble, just as easily abandon their new wives and children and flee to the next bunch of ignoramuses willing to provide them a handout. The people of the Netherlands didn't flee from the Great Flood of 1953. They stayed, fought the water, salvaged their dead, raised their dikes, and rebuilt their nation. The Hungarians suffered decades of Ottoman and Soviet occupation, but they stayed too. For five centuries, the Bulgarians stood tall under the yoke of Ottoman rule. Despite the horrors of two world wars, fleeing to another country was a luxury most Europeans simply couldn't afford. If we still want to pass on to the next generations the same freedoms our grandparents had the privilege to earn, we'll have to follow in their footsteps and fight for the future of our children's children. More than opening our borders to those who hate us, we need to open our eyes. More than signaling virtues, we need to make tough decisions. Europe is being flooded by an invasion of millions of mostly single Arab, African and Asian men of fighting age. Before rolling cameras of the complicit media, they pose as refugees, but they're really plainclothes soldiers, a Trojan horse waiting for a sign from above to strike terror in our hearts. An army of lone wolves has infiltrated the West and they're getting ready to rip our hearts out. It's time for people of European descent 
to ask themselves whether we too are planning to flee when catastrophe hits or whether we declare ourselves willing to defend what our European forefathers once built up with their bare hands. It is this point in history we've arrived at, whether we still care to have a future, whether we still know what we stand for, or whether we'll turn our backs on our civilization and accept that unelected bureaucrats living in their ivory towers will forever dictate what's best for us. Bureaucrats want us to believe our only option is to choose between left or right, turn left and drown ourselves in a sea of diversity, or turn right straight back to the 1930s. But they lie. The choices available to us have nothing to do with turning left or right, but with going backward or forward, with fleeing from barbarism or fighting for civilization. This isn't about nationalism versus socialism. It's about life or death, about accepting our extinction versus raising new progeny. Despite their best intentions, despite their philanthropic motives, progressive liberals are running backward for fear of facing the responsibilities that lie ahead of them. Each election year, we hear the same progressive rhetoric of diversity, inclusion and equality. Supposedly, we are the problem. We're not tolerant enough of uneducated illiterates looking to raid and rape our societies. Supposedly, our intolerance has radicalized the newcomers to the point of spontaneous combustion, a line of reasoning happily embraced by the disturbed souls who use it to justify plowing trucks through shopping streets. Liberals say the problems we face in our societies aren't being caused by the lack of social skills among the millions of primitive invaders, but by the unwillingness of so-called privileged white people to assimilate themselves into immigrant cultures. While Central African women are producing, on average, six children before age 30, I guess it must be a privilege for the single child of a white woman in her 30s to have been born at all. Moreover, we'll have to accept that our governments will relinquish our rights to self-determination in the name of progress. We need more EU, they keep saying. That sounds fairly innocent, but if you look closer at what they really mean by that, you'll notice we really have returned to the dreaded 1930s. Over the next few years, German Chancellor Angela Merkel and her secret lover George Soros are going to invite tens of millions of migrants from all over the world to come and live in Europe, but she added that we have to accept that the number of offenses by young migrants is particularly high. Mass sexual harassment of European women, as we call it, or Taharush, as they call it, as seen in Cologne, Rotherham and many other cities throughout Europe, was no accident but policy. Globalists reason that if European women won't give birth to the children of immigrant men willingly, mass rapes will make sure they do. To stop people from finding out about Europe's violation, Vice President of the European Commission, Franz Timmermans, wants to censor the entire internet, admitting that the EU has already met with Google, Facebook, Twitter and Microsoft. Then recall what the President of the European Commission, Jean-Claude Juncker, once said about his strategy. We decide something. We put it out there and we wait to see what happens. If there's no hysterical shouting and if there are no uprisings because most have no clue what was decided there, then we go on, step by step, until there's no more turning back. No turning back. If anyone still doubts whether Juncker meant what he said, then go and have a chat with small town residents who live close to the asylum centers spread all over Europe that brought their children face to face with violent crime and rape. Of Swedish rape victims during the first half of 2017, 43% were underage. What Swedish media won't report is that adult Muslim males make up 77% of the perpetrators. 
Yet the same feminist mothers who invited immigrants to come and live in their own homes so their underage daughters could be raped prefer to blame Swedish men for using sexist pronouns such as him and her. To tell you the truth, people like Juncker, Merkel, Macron and the rest of the European bureaucrats scare me. It's scary to see how much they look down on their own people and still manage to pretend they are human beings. If I didn't know any better, I think they were lizard people. Sure, most Europeans would like to support some international organization that serves their best interests, but it's not the European Union. Frankly, the EU is a totalitarian state modeled after the former Soviet Union. Russia's citizens now laugh at us for trying to do to ourselves what Stalin once did to them. Will you surrender or will you, as Juncker feared, finally rise up against the failures of progressive liberalism?